It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Good morning and welcome to Accelerate. You know, I couldn't be more amped up today to talk with my guest. Joining me is Ben Sardella, co-founder of Datanize. Now, every sales rep is always looking for that competitive edge, that extra dose of sales intelligence that can help open the door to the right prospect at the right time. And yeah, you've got your social media and you got email trackers that tell you recipients open your email. It seems like everybody's doing that these days and content portals to provide analytics about how often your content is open, engaged with and so on. But what if you could be even more targeted? I mean, what if you get daily updates that tell you whether companies on your list are engaging with new types of technology that'd be triggers for purchasing your product or service? Well, we're going to talk about that today with Ben as we talk about Datanize. Ben, welcome to the show. Andy, I'm honored to be on here. I've uh, I've listened to a handful of your podcast and saw the list of guests you've had on, and I'm happy to be in that uh, in that class. So thank oh. you for uh, inviting me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're going to... We're making the guest list even better as we go on, so you're part you're part of that uh, improvement. So, perfect. So, so, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So, uh, so about me. So, I started my career back in 2000, right out of college. Graduated from Boston University. Took the uh, the track over to the West Coast and was the first sales rep hire at uh, at NetSuite. Uh, at at the time, it was NetLedger. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We, we did some name changes across the way, but right. uh, but you know, became NetSuite and, um, you know, arguably the first or one of the first SaaS companies that were, you know, were out there. I guess if you talk to Larry Ellison, it was the first one. I'm sure a lot of people disagree. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, one of the first SaaS companies and one of the first salespeople there. So um, certainly had zero experience um, in technology and, you know, kind of got my, uh, Got my experience there. Uh, spent almost six years there. Had the fortune of uh, having a, a really nice run as an individual contributor, and then was sent over to the UK to help launch the uh, the EMEA office in England, and then over to Toronto to uh, to do the same. And uh, and then once I came back, you know, typical story. Not a startup anymore. Uh, the company had changed pretty dramatically in my. Right. Right. A couple of years away, and you know, wanted my opportunity to go build my own sales teams from there and and see what I could do, and um, and then I I, I went to a, a few different places, uh, had a couple of exits along the way, uh, notably uh, uh, Cast Iron, which ended up being acquired by IBM, where we did integration. Uh, it was an integration appliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I got a lot of exposure to that world of the the Salesforce ecosystem and integrating with the SAPs of the world and things like that. So that was really great and really built up my network because we were helping Salesforce reps close deals. So that was great. And then I went over to a company called Sabrix, which was a really interesting experience. Um, Sabrix was a you know traditional enterprise. Uh, sales and use tax technology. And it was perfect timing because the economy had really, you know, dropped. And, um, and like they say, death and taxes are the only things that uh, are a sure thing. Right. And so I was sitting in that tax world uh, at the time the economy went, uh, went belly up. And so um, while it did really hurt, uh, you know, our pipeline and, you know, and our ability to sell at the level we wanted to, 
uh, we were able to maintain and, and still grow. And, um, and I had a really unique opportunity. Uh, because Sabrix had been a very successful uh, traditional enterprise company, you'd, you know, you'd take the software, put it on your servers and things like that. Right. right. Um, we, the, the company had actually spun out a SaaS version of that. And I took a lot of the ownership of that and got to build a sales team and, and the whole process from the ground up. Uh, over there. And so that was really exciting. And that led to an eventual acquisition by Thomson Reuters. Uh, and then my journey took me over to Trustee, where we, uh, where we took a nonprofit company to a for-profit model. So that was an, another interesting experience was that it, I had. Was it deliberately nonprofit or they just weren't performing? It was deliberately nonprofit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, um, <laughs> Yeah, good question. Um, no, it was deliberately nonprofit. You know, they they were based on the trust. You know, so that little trust right. seal at the bottom of every website or, right. or you know privacy section. And um, you know, to change that into a for profit model certainly uh, you know took a lot of work and effort and a lot of mind shift across the organization. Uh, and then from there, I had my first vice president of sales opportunity at Kiss Metric. So I was the first sales hire there very early on. Um, had a really great opportunity to build the team and, and gain a lot of traction. And, um, and the folks at KISS did an incredible job of driving in a lot of leads. I'd never been at a company that had driven in that many leads uh, through their content marketing. Now, but the challenge was... Just, over just content marketing? Or were they doing email marketing? What was the mix of things that they were doing? Mostly content. Mostly okay. content. Yeah, they've done an, they did an incredible job of just finding a way to, uh, in a really low-cost way, um, develop a you know huge readership that would you know then turn into people interested in the the analytics platform that we had. Um, the challenge, though, over time, uh, for us at least, was that it wasn't necessarily the right type of leads coming in, and I needed to build an outbound team and uh, to go after the best folks that we really wanted to target. So uh, I started to build that outbound team, and the first thing I did was go and purchase a. Uh, a lot of data from uh, from a, a a data vendor. We'll we'll, we'll keep it at that. Right. Uh, and um, and then what happened was over the course of three weeks, my team was coming back to me, and the complaints had uh, risen so much, and they were so frustrated that I ended up negotiating a refund on that data set that I had acquired, and um, and I was still left without data. So you know, either it was. So search Google or or call the yellow pages. But what were we going to do with this outbound team that I had now built? And uh, coincidentally, that same or serendipitously, that same exact week, uh, one of my coworkers had introduced me to my co-founder and the Data Nice CEO, uh, Ilya Ilya Semen. And um, and Ilya had a uh, you know had the concept of Data Nice at its you know infancy and wanted to validate his thinking and, and, and whether this could be something attractive for sales leaders and was looking to meet some of the folks that were in the sales leadership position. And I happened to be one of those. And knowing that accurate data and data that was driven around certain compelling events was very hard to acquire and, and find and, 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 and all of that throughout my entire sales career that I was so excited when he started to tell me some of the things he was thinking. And of course, I had a bunch of ideas all of a sudden that I was just brain dumping onto him and letting him know, look, this isn't going to work if it's not integrated with Salesforce. And, you know, we kept going on and on. And a couple hours passed, you know, at first it was like a 30-minute meeting and a couple hours passed. And I was super passionate about it. 
Um, and Ilya came back a week later and he had built most of it, <laughs> at least at least version one of most of what I had asked for. And um, and then over the course of three months, I had implemented it with my team. We had gone from zero in pipeline uh, in outbound pipeline to uh, almost uh, I think by the end of the quarter, we had gotten close to 50 percent of our pipeline was driven from outbound. Mm-hmm, we closed mm-hmm. the largest deal in company history on an outbound deal that just so happened we had hit them at the right time. And and we jumped into a, a, a buying cycle that we would never have gotten into. And um, and that deal alone paid for data for like 10 years. So, so it was, it was just, you know, a perfect fit. And Ilya asked me to come on as an advisor and, um, and I had been looking my whole career to have that opportunity to be a co-founder, right. uh, really hard when I can't build anything. Right. Cause, yeah. cause I'm the sales yeah. guy. Yeah, right? I went through the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, you know, I, I saw this as my opportunity to, you know, hitch on with a guy that was extremely intelligent and talented and doing something that I was really passionate about. And, uh, you know, I continued to kind of work with him, give him advice and things like that. And then uh, all the while we were kind of raising money at KISS, so it was hard to leave at that point in time. But certainly we were seeing a lot of growth with other customers jumping on, and I was introducing some of my network. And Ilya was out as a uh, Russian engineer, first time doing any of this, as an entrepreneur, and he's out selling it himself too, which is pretty incredible in and of itself. And uh, and then I eventually came on board uh, in 2013 as his co-founder. And from there, we started 2014 with uh, with two employees, and we just passed the 70 employee mark uh, as of December of 2015. Here, well, excellent, excellent. So, all right, great background. I was going to give you a little hard time about. It's funny. My daughter was visiting me last night, and uh, she went to Northeastern. So. Out of her mouth came a BU insult. I thought that was sort of funny when she was talking. And then you said you went to BU. (laughs) I won't repeat what it was, but uh, you probably are familiar with it. And um, so. That's great. Yeah. So just just tell her the BU guys, we don't focus on Northeastern. We make fun of the Harvard and the MIT guys. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, So anyway, back on track. So tell people. Really, what Datanize does, because that's why I said it's such an interesting, unique way that you're going about. I'll say, sort of uncovering trigger events. I mean, we we talk about this concept of trigger events and sales as a way to to say, okay, hey, here's who I should be pointing some effort on in terms of prospecting because certain things are happening. But the trigger events that are typically talked about are usually fairly broad brush, right? You know, somebody changed jobs, there was a new marketing campaign, there was an acquisition, but you guys do it at a at really a, I'll call it the acquisition level which is really targeted information. Yeah, absolutely. So taking a big step back, Datanize is an all-in-one sales intelligence platform. And what we do is we help you go and target the right prospects at the right time. So we enable you know sales and marketing leaders to fill that top of the funnel with the right type of prospects that will hopefully become their next customers. And we've gone about that in a number of different ways. We started with the data set. That's that's at its core. So you've mentioned a couple times here, you know, things around letting you know what technologies are being used. And that that is what we do first and foremost. We crawl approximately 40 million domains every single day. And we have an amazing library of uh, all of the ways that we can look for thousands of different technologies. And we stay on top of those as those things change or as new technologies uh, come about. So we have an amazing data set around, uh, around those web techs. 
at the same time, we're also starting to do that now for any of the SDKs inside any mobile apps. So we're really excited about that. There's a huge market opportunity there for us as well. And so, so your customers, on, your customers are primarily serving the IT space right now, right? And people that are selling into, you know, developers. As you said you're crawling the websites, you're seeing what technologies are being used. Yeah, we are typically selling to sales and marketing people. The majority of our customer base is in the tech space yeah. uh, historically, but we've actually added on a number of features throughout 2015 that's really started to expose us to folks like certain NBA teams using us to go find the right folks to target um, that could be either uh, procuring uh, advertisements, you know, opportunities through them, or even or even corporate ticket. Um, opportunities or boxes or things like that. So, well, you know, kinda, how, how do you gather that information? Yeah, yeah, really great question. So we've we've kind of combined the ability to know the technologies, and then we also have a a really uh, cool data set around the firmographic data, and we update that data on a weekly basis, and we get that data from a casserole of sources that are out there, and our algorithms have been optimized to go find the latest and greatest that's out there on the web. And then the, the final component is finding that right person. So once you've identified the right company you want to go after, whether it's through what technologies they're using or whether it's through certain firmographic data points that are meaningful for you, then you want to go find the right people. And our prospecting uh, list builder tool that we have is optimized to go out to certain social networks or go do searches on the web or go to any website and find an individual's uh, you know, name and instantly you can find their email address, add them to a prospect list and then go take that prospect list and then go target them as you see fit. So it's really agnostic to any type of company. As long as that company wants to go find a list of folks that they're going to target with their service or, or product, uh, we can probably help you out. So if somebody comes to you with a, um, you know, market that you don't currently serve, because, you know, I, I sort of went through your market share listing on your website. So if there's a new market that you don't currently serve, you could actually entertain doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. We're going to take a short break, but before we do, I'm going to pose for you a question that uh, I posed to all my guests. You said you listened to a few podcasts. So you probably know what this is coming up, but so you've, here's the scenario and I'll take your answer after the break. You've been hired as a new sales manager, new sales VP, if you will, at a company whose sales have stalled out and senior management really wants something to change quickly. So what two things would you do your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? So think about that, and I'll be back after the break with my guest, Ben Sardella from Datanize. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Attention, sales leaders. Would you like to give your sales team the tools to drive more quality connects, scale their outreach, and spend more time selling? Well, you can with LiveHive. Get your ROI. Try it now at LiveHive.com forward slash ROI. That's LiveHive, L-I-V-E-H-I-V-E dot com forward slash ROI. 
Okay, welcome back. My guest today, Ben Sardella, from what co-founder of Datanyze, D-A-T-A-N-Y-Z-E.com, if you want to look it up online as we were talking here. So Ben, before the break, I posed a hypothetical scenario for you. You're a new sales manager, sales leader, coming into a company of sales have stalled out. Maybe you've been brought in by investors in your case to turn things around. What two things would you do the first week that would have the biggest impact? Yeah, great, great question. I love this one. Uh, I did hear this one on a few of your podcasts, so I was excited to hear it, mainly because I've gone through this before. I've actually had the opportunity to um, to, to deal with this. And so, um, you know, the, there's certainly more than two things I would love to do on that first week, but mm -hmm. obviously uh, there's only so much time in the day and there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, paths you can go off of the core two things that I see that I would want to do if I was given that opportunity again. First and foremost, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna talk to the customers. So there'll be a handful of customers that I want to engage with. Uh, so that takes a little bit of work. First, you got to go see what customers are on board. If there's usability data, that's really important because then I can see who's super active. Um, if it's a service type of mm -hmm. uh, company, mm -hmm. things like that. And then I want to dig in with those customers, find a time to talk to them and figure out, hey, what do you love about this product that you can't live without? And what would you like to see as an opportunity for us to improve on the product? And those are two things that I would you know, target first and foremost. So that, that really would say, well, if these guys love it and I see consistencies across a number of customers that are um, getting a lot of value out of this, then I can start to build a, a perfect, you know, target total, total addressable market based on the type of customers that look like this, where I see the consistencies of value being, um, being shared. And then we can go target the right people to have probably the best chance of success at closing those deals. Okay. Um, same with the opportunity where they're not seeing value or they might want to get more value out of something that would uh, also lead me to say, well, there's a possible total addressable market here if we were able to fix or improve on XYZ. And then that engage that helps me engage with the product team and, you know, and, and other uh, folks uh, as well and see where we're marketing to these folks. What are we trying to, you know, show as the, the biggest set of value, et cetera. So that would be the first thing I do is talk to the customers. Sure. The second thing I would do is talk to the salespeople, right? And I want to then segment on who's been successful selling and who has not been successful selling. And I got to understand quickly, is this an individual issue when somebody is not being successful or is it systemic? And then when it's systemic, what can I do uh, from a process perspective to help improve in areas where I think we can get some of the low-hanging fruit as quickly as possible. Obviously, if it's an individual um, issue that I'm seeing, then you know we're going to have to make a move and, and bring in some personnel that I think can can do the job. So, what if it's both, systemic yeah. and personal? So, good, good question. <laughs> so, um, so if that's the case, then I'm going to fix the systemic issues first and foremost, unless there's something extremely glaring about the individuals that I think um, that they may there may be other problems there as well. So, you know, if the system, if I feel like the systemic issues could be fixed and we can build better processes, and that individual may be able to improve as a result of those things, then certainly I want to give somebody a chance. Though the thing I hate to do most in life is to let somebody go. Um, but if I think that somebody, you know, if if somebody personally cannot do the job successfully, um, no matter what, and um, and they're also a bad culture fit, or they're a cancer to the team, and they're starting to drag some things down, things like that, then you want to make a move pretty quickly. I think it's in the best interest of both the company and that individual to go get a fresh start somewhere else. Right. Right. Okay. 
Good answer. Great answer. Uh, so, back to Datanize. So, give me a couple examples of how customers are using it. Yeah, great question. Because that so will we... help clarify it for the audience. Because I, I really want people to go hone in and really understand the value this brings from a sales perspective. Absolutely. So, um, so we have this amazing data set that I referenced, and then we have some really great tools built around that data set to access those data points in a really creative way and give you those signals. Um, we're really focused on you know, the signals that are going to be meaningful that will lead you to go and close this customer or, or at least have some meaningful discussions and get involved in a, in a buying process you probably wouldn't otherwise be in. So, um, so for example, we have lots and lots of companies um, all across uh, the tech sector that, that love us. In the marketing automation space is a really good example of how um, some of those folks can get real value out of us. So um, one of the examples, which I'll, you know, which I, I always have a good time talking about, is, um, is when uh, we actually chose a marketing automation platform. Uh, and when we selected that marketing automation platform, I told my director of marketing, you can have whatever platform you want. Um, it's based on what you need. I'm not going to pressure you. They're all our customers. So, you know, go ahead and pick the one that yeah. fits for us. Yeah, right don't, now. don't feel any pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all yeah. our biggest customers, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, we're not going to win. <laughs> we're not going to win the discussion across this one. One way or another, somebody's going to be a little frustrated with us. Right. But, you know, as long as it's in alignment with our perfect use case for right now, we can always make a change later if we need to. So uh, he went on to select a, a marketing automation vendor. I'm not going to say it, but if you use Datanize, you'll know which one we use. So when, um, so when uh, you know when we made that choice, the following week, uh, I had to buy uh, three different lunches for three different heads of sales from other marketing automation vendors right. uh, that are our customer. Because what happens is when a company adds or drops a technology that we can track, uh, you're going to get a daily alert to let you know, hey, this company just added this technology or this company just dropped that. So knowing that information... So, and just to make it clear for people listening, is that yeah. so you're going crawling through these websites and these domains and, yeah, somebody dropped a technology. In your case, it could be marketing automation, right, in your example. I mean, that's why yep. that's why you're buying the lunches, right? Because they all got the alerts that you had changed. We were in this case we had we were not using a marketing automation solution, so okay. this was an right. ad. Okay. Um, this is an ad. And okay. Yeah, and what's really interesting about this one is the one that we added has a free trial, and so all of these guys wanted to go have lunch, um, partly because they're like, "Hey, why aren't you trying our stuff? Why isn't our sales team engaging with you yet?" And all of those things, and then secondly, because they knew we were still in a trial with that marketing automation vendor. And they still had an opportunity to potentially sell to us. And that's the real value. Mm -hmm. When I see uh, you know, another company adding one of my competitors and there's a free trial, um, instantly the sales team can go engage right away uh, with those folks, reach out to the right people, go find their email address uh, and engage from there and push that instantly as a brand new lead right into Salesforce or uh, any of the other CRMs that they happen to be using. So there's some real value there in that timely data. Um, so that's one of the core examples that we use. Another example well, a question is... On, a question on that before we move on. So sure. when these yeah. alerts come, is, is the best practice that, you know, these are... So how are you deciding who gets the alerts, right? So you've got, an SDR, you've got an SDR team, 
I mean, unless you've got set up geographically or something like that. But I mean, assuming you don't, how do you? Who are you funneling those alerts to? Yeah. So with Datadize, every individual user can set up their alerts as a custom uh, custom for them. Ah, and okay. What will happen is you can use all of the firmographic data that we have to filter out those alerts. So you're only going to get alerts for, say, uh, the Bay Area, if that's, if that's your area that you're tracking. Or if you, you have New York as your territory, you're only going to get those alerts for New York, for instance. Okay. Um, and then another thing that you know really kind of ties the intelligence aspect of this together is uh, the ability to do a couple of different things around lead scoring and then predicting who you should be talking to. So this is really where some of the cool stuff that we built in 2014 comes into, I'm sorry, 2015 comes into play. So, uh, so one of those things is first, I want to go and look at my, uh, my current leads that I have in my CRM. And what Data Nice can do is we can pull in all the customers that you've closed and we can take a look at all the deals that you've lost or customers that you've churned. And then we can run that list of uh, those two lists against our entire data set of 40 million plus domains that we track every single day. And from there, based on all the commonalities that we find um, and the negative attributes that we see, we can then say, hey, here are, you know, here's the score that your current list of leads would get based on what we know of who you're closing and who you're losing. From there, we can then take that model that we've now built in a matter of a day or so, by the way. It, it gets built very quickly. We can actually build a model in an hour or two, but then we work with our clients to make sure we're taking into account some of the you know, really important things about their business that machine learning isn't going to pick up on. Right, so we really right. give you the levers to help refine that model. And from there, we can take that model and then go apply it again across that 40 million domains that we have. And we can find out which ones are not in your CRM. So we can give you um, kind of a heads up that, hey, you should be talking to this group of 2,000 companies that you're not, not today. They're not in your CRM and go engage with them. Okay. That's incredible. I mean, I, <laughs> I think back right where I started my sales career is uh, the phone book. Um, yep. so. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. I'm yeah. so jealous of some of these guys. You know, I see our, our, uh, our sales development reps, they have these engagement platforms now, which by the way, data integrates with all the engagement platforms that are out there and they're putting, uh, you know, they're out there finding leads and they're putting them into these automatic sequential yeah, they're, they're processes. Yeah. 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 And the cadences and, and, and it's like, man, I wish I had this cause you know, I was relying on uh, calendar invite reminders and, you know, task list reminders and things were falling through the cracks left and right. So yeah, I, I would have been glad for those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think that's why I ultimately gravitated to selling really big stuff because I didn't have that much to keep in mind at that point. Right. So <laughs> right, right. holy cow. Yeah, that's just incredible stuff. So who's the ideal customer profile for you? Yeah, ideal customer profile is split between um, sales and marketing. The majority of the tens of thousands of users that we have on our platform today uh, are sales development people. And in most cases, sales development people, as we're seeing, are, are now reporting to sales. Originally, it was marketing. Originally, it was sales. Then it was marketing. Now, they're, I, I'm seeing a lot more oh, back of to sales, yeah. in the sales. Yeah. Which, um, they, which they should be, by the way. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Um, but at the but at the same time, marketing is also trying to pull lists, right? And they're also sure. trying to find email addresses of folks to um, to market to. So, um, so in both cases, we have uh, 
you know, we have teams across the board. And, you know, typically it depends on the size of the company. Um, a smaller company, we're going to engage directly with the VP of sales. As we get into our enterprise customers that we have, uh, it's more about the sales and marketing ops people that we're engaging with. But from a pricing standpoint, this is something a small company with five, 10 salespeople could benefit from? Absolutely. We charge on a per seat basis um, and then based on what modules of ours you happen to be using. So it's certainly affordable for a very small company. And then we have companies with hundreds and hundreds of users on our platform as well. And you said you're, most of your customers right now, you said, are primarily tech, but you said you got the MBA teams, you got other, I'm sure, other examples of other non tech companies that are now starting to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if your sales team is just looking for, you know, uh, the right companies to target based on f- certain firmographic data points and then want to go find the right people at those companies and their email address, then we could certainly uh support a team from any industry as a result. Very interesting. All right, great. Well, we're going to <clears throat> excuse me, move into the last segment of the show. I've got some rapid fire questions for you. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate. Up to you. Um, sure thing. so, first one. What's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Well, outside of the fact that my team uses Datanize 100% every single day, um, we also use a number of other tools. So uh, whether it's uh, Outreach.io to send out their sequential emails, that's certainly a very very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our company is also integrated with um, Persist IQ, work with Sales Loft, um, and you know, Tout and Yesware are friends of ours as well. Yesware is definitely something the team uses as well. Candidly, I'm a I'm an advisor there, so I want to caveat that. But the team does use it, and they're not forced yeah. to use it. They I, I, like I use tool, it. So. I use it as well. So I'm yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so they've done a good job too. But um, you know, those tools right there. It's really about for our team finding the right folks to go target. And luckily, we just own a platform that we've built to, to do those things. And then how to engage with them in a timely manner. Um, we're also, from a calling perspective, we're using uh, Ring DNA as another mm-hmm. um, great tool to use. I mm-hmm. heard you had Howard on, on one of your we, uh, we did. We did, podcasts. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, he's, he's built a really great tool as well. Excellent. Yeah. So name one tool you use for managing your sales that you can't live without. One tool for managing my sales, the one I have started to fall madly in love with is Insight Squared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, of course, use Salesforce, um, sort of have to use that one, uh, it feels like sometimes. But, um, but we, we've added Insight Squared uh, over the last six months. And outside of the fact I love their team, they just have a phenomenal um, group of folks working for them. Uh, their tool is really great as well. It really gives you those insights. And for somebody like me that's, you know, managing tons and tons of people and at the same time over across, you know, number of different groups, whether it's marketing, sales, development, the sales team, et cetera, uh, Insight Square really pulls all those things in together nicely so I can get the reports I need at my fingertips anytime. Yeah, it gives you great visibility. I have a client that uh, we're working with that, yeah, showed me a report a couple weeks ago from Insight Squared. And it was like instantly you could look at it and say, okay, this is what this person is doing right, and this is what this person is doing wrong. I exactly. mean, it was just so clear. Uh, yep. Yeah, good tool. All right, so who's your sales role model? Who is my sales role model? Gosh, that is a really good one. So I started my career um, and was given the opportunity uh, from Jody Maxson, and she is now at Bridge Group um, as mm-hmm. a consultant there. Mm-hmm. She was running uh, sales and sales, marketing, business development, all at NetSuite, all at the same time. So she's certainly always 
uh, has been and will be one of my uh, one of my sales role models. Um, the other side of that is I look at certain entrepreneurs now, and you're always selling, and you're always you know out there. Whether it's you may not be directly selling to an individual client, but you might be selling your company or your brand. And uh, and Mark Cuban is one of the investors at uh, at Datanize, and so I'm really excited to you know, have him as part of the group. And I love some of the things he's done. He's certainly, some people love him, some people hate him. Um, some people don't care, obviously, but, uh, but I certainly have learned a lot just by watching some of the things he's done and how he's positioned uh, some of the things that uh, he's invested in and so forth. So I don't recall seeing you guys on Shark Tank. We were not on Shark Tank. Um, no, we weren't. Uh, in, in, interesting enough, uh, it was a cold email that went out to him that he responded to in a matter of minutes on a Saturday right. morning, and um, you know, and from there we uh, we engaged, and and he was pretty excited to to jump on board. And interestingly enough, uh, I had the chance to meet him. Um, I was going to the gym while I was in Las Vegas. On the during the week we were closing the round, um, and um, and it was just me and him in the gym at the same time. There was no one else around, and so uh, you know I I just started some small chat with him, and um, and then I said, hey, by the way, you just invested in my company, and he goes, what company? And I go, Data Nice, and he's like, no way. So we got done working out. He came and sat with me. I had about fifteen minutes of one on one time with him in the gym at the Wynn Hotel with. You know, no one else around to distract us, and um, you know, it was pretty pretty cool experience for sure. <laughs> very much so, yeah, very cool. So, what's the one book every salesperson should read, whether it's a sales book or not? Yeah, really good question there. Um, so, I the the one now that I really like um, is the one that Mark Roberts has just written, mm-hmm. um, Sales Acceleration Formula. Exactly. Yeah, I really think if you're, especially if you're in SaaS, I think that is a is must a book read. that must yeah, read. is a must read. Yep. Um, so I, I certainly like that. We also prescribe to uh, Predictable Revenue, um, Aaron Ross's book. So that's certainly a, another really good one um, that we found. You know, for me, there I like to get uh, sales value out of other books as well that might not be directly related to sales. So Moneyball for me was one of those um, books that I read and instantly as I'm reading that, I'm a sports fanatic, Boston sports fanatic, but, um, but instantly as I'm, um, as I was reading that, I started to say, well, how could I go find, you know, the right sales talent that might not, you know, come traditionally from a SaaS sales environment and, and what attributes would I look for or what things could we sell and how could we position uh, our product or our service in a way that is unique and, and sort of no one else is doing that. And so, um, so books like that have inspired me to, um, you know, to kind of look at things. If I could pull one nugget out of any book at all, um, you know, then, you know, then it's worth, right. worth the price of the the cover. Yeah, I, I saw Billy Bean speak at uh, Inside Sales User Conference uh, a couple of years ago. Was, yeah, fascinating guy. Great, yep. a lot of good sales lessons there. Absolutely, and of course, you need to buy need to buy Andy's books, and you need to buy both my books. Of course, <laughs> that goes without saying. So, tough question here is is what's your favorite music to listen to to get pumped up for an important meeting? Wow, favorite music. So, uh, <laughs> for an important meeting. Uh, I am a Pearl Jam guy, that's for sure. Uh, so, um, you know, if I had to take two bands, it'd be Pearl Jam and Radiohead, but Radiohead's not really a pump you up type of music. No, but if you no, listen no. to 
some live Pearl Jam, you'll certainly get pumped up. Um, I was also uh, raised in the uh, a tougher part of Boston, a section called Dorchester, uh, and um, and so you know certain rap music that will certainly get me pumped up as well. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, what was it all the Wahlberg music? You mean? Yeah, not the Wahlberg. Uh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> but they're set, so they're 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 from the neighborhood as well. <laughs> okay, okay. So what what's your first sales activity you do every day? My first sales activity I do is I check my calendar to make sure I know exactly what I got to do and where I got to be, um, and you know that that everything's set there. And then um, I check email. So I try to dedicate about thirty minutes to email. Uh, first thing in the morning before I do anything, um, just to make sure if there's any customers reaching out to me that need something, um, I'm able to get to them as quickly as possible. Um, if there's you know anything pressing that's happened while I was sleeping overnight or something like that, I can I can get on it before I go out and start my day. So I'd say those are the things I get started on. All right, last question. Yep. What's the one thing you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Hmm. One thing I get most. Asked most frequently by salespeople. That is an interesting one. So most will say, uh, if they're my salespeople, they'll say, "How can I? How can I close more deals?" <laughs> okay, and what's what's the answer? <laughs> well, when um, when somebody asks me that, I start to dig in and I say, "What questions are you asking?" Because I really believe that um, most uh, most problems when a salesperson is uh, the salesperson is facing when they're not able to close deals comes back to qualification. And the number one problem that I've found with our own salespeople over time, and the thing that I feel like I've probably been better at and I didn't even realize I was better at, is, um, is cutting off uh, working with opportunities that you know probably will not close or that you cannot add a significant amount of value to. Uh, and you're just kind of chasing the money at that point, and things go wrong when you're doing that. It, whether it's, you know, whether it's wrong in that they're not going to see value, and you're just kind of holding on to this, and you're, you know, stuffing your pipeline with crap, and, you know, and then you get to the end of the the month or the quarter, and you're not able to close those deals because there's just not enough value there. Or if the prospect, for whatever reason, was led to believe, or, you know thought in their head that, hey, maybe this could add value and you gave them a good deal just to come on board, um, they're going to turn into an unhappy customer anyways and they're not going to renew. And in this right. world of subscription businesses, the most important thing is that folks are renewing. And um, and so really I go back into the qualification side of things yep. and you know start to figure out, hey, where can we add value? And the ones that we can add the most value, I make sure we don't lose those deals. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, in my latest book, I have a whole section on qualifying with value because it's really important. Because yep. yeah, salespeople, and oftentimes now more and more with SDRs teams, there's sort of a perverse incentive built in sometimes to you know pipeline over over quality, so or quantity yep. over quality. So, all right, well, great. Well, I want to thank you for joining me, my guest today, Ben Sardella, co-founder of Datanize. Ben, can you tell folks how they can learn more about Datanize? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, please go to datanize.com, D-A-T-A-N-Y-Z-E. Two things I want to reference there. One, we have an amazing section of content. We're putting a lot of hard work into that. Um, And you're going to get some value into reading the blog post that we put out there. We're putting out about three a week now. Um, So some incredible content. We're doing webinars. We're doing 
uh, podcast as well. And Andy was a guest on ours, so we'll be releasing that pretty soon. So oh, we're, cool. That was fun. Yeah, it was. And, and we're really excited about all of that. Um, and then the second thing is we do offer a free uh, tool. So our browser plugins free. We have uh, over 20 something thousand uh, sales folks using our plugin every single day. We just released it this year. So we've had some incredible traction on that. It will allow you to see what technologies are being used on any website you go to, all the firmographic data for that company. You can also leverage that to find people's email addresses and do your list building. So certainly when you get to datanize.com, you'll see the, uh, the banner for the plugin. I suggest you download that. Like I said, it's free. Give it a try and let us know what you think. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Ben. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Ben Sardella, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now enter the single word message, trust, and hit send. And you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there.